think about every woman around you being energetically connected to, physically connected to, all coming from one place. And that divine feminine energy is running through us now. And every time you feel less than, or you act better than, or you judge one of those women, not only are you judging one of your own, but you're judging yourself. Hi there, I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to Ceremony Wellness, where we integrate modern healing and ancient wisdom. Learn from the most impactful voices in health, wellness, and spiritual development as we guide you through the latest healing remedies and alternatives to the traditional path. I'm here to support you as you break limiting patterns, embrace your wild, and let go of the noise. It's time for us to rise together. I think one of the hardest things as I have been growing and changing and evolving is knowing where to turn. Even just saying that brings tears to my eyes because I think for me, I have felt very alone and isolated so much of my life. And I remember my third grade teacher called me an outlier and I didn't really know what that meant. And I was always the the tall one and the smart one and the one that was good at volleyball and the mature one. And I'm super grateful for who I am and my personality and everywhere I've been. But with those traits and differences, as I'm sure almost all of you listening can can understand and really resonate with in your own life, comes a feeling of isolation and not knowing who you can talk to and Maybe you had a time in your life where you did speak up and you did ask for help or you did turn to someone that you thought you could trust and they betrayed you or they told you that you were silly or that your ideas were dumb or not valid. And in that, you then learned not to speak up, not to ask questions. And the result being isolation, even more so, and not understanding yourself and maybe shutting down. And so as I have gone, I would say over the last year or so, on this path of true healing on a level that I never knew existed, it's been so important to have people to turn to. And I'm lucky that in my own home, my sweet, incredible, amazing man hold space for me like a fucking boss (laughs) and never tells me my ideas are stupid. And if I ask him a question about something, he never looks at me like I'm crazy. He doesn't waver. And I do not take that for granted. But I know that outside of these four walls of our home, it's the wild, wild west. And I have incredible healers and doctors and friends that I can turn to. But there's also a lot of people I can't turn to and I can't ask these questions that are so taboo. And I think that is where this show is going and has gone because I realize that 
There are a lot of podcasts out there, of course. There's a lot of resources. You can Google this shit. You don't need me to talk to you every week, right? There's Google. But for whatever reason, you resonate with the show and you are here because of what we are talking about, the people I bring to the table and how that makes you feel. So I know that I can't have surface level conversations and I can't have a wellness podcast. You guys, I can't have a fucking wellness podcast. I know this is called Ceremony Wellness, so bear with me. We've got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper. What we have been doing collectively for so long is just scratching the fucking surface. Yes, food is important. Yes, meditation is important. Yes, saunas and cryotherapy and IVs and supplements and you name it, I'm on board. I do that shit too. We've got to go deeper. And I think based on what you tell me in your private messages, in your comments, in your reviews, you want that. You're ready. It's time. I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper for me. I'm going deeper for Connor. I'm going deeper for you. I am not here to play anymore. I am not here to talk about the latest trends. I am not here (laughs) to have conversations that don't serve you on a level of healing at which you can truly get to the core of who you are, where you've been, and where you are going. That's it. Because this is what I need. And if it's what I need, what I learned when I was in fourth grade, I didn't raise my hand when I had a question and my teacher said, why didn't you raise your hand? I know you had a question. And I said, I don't want everyone to think that I'm stupid and I have a dumb question. Guess what, people? Guess what? If you have the question or you're willing to go there or you're ready to step up, there's probably someone else who's in the same place. If I don't do this, how do I give permission to someone else to do it? How do I open up a door? And the same goes for you. If you listen to the show and this show changes your life, you don't tell someone about it and they're struggling, how do they know that they have permission to fucking go there? It's our job. It's our obligation. It is our right. It is our ability. And this is how we connect. This is how we connect. And it's freaking beautiful. And the fact that I get to do it on a show is my dream, quite frankly. But this is not just wellness. This is so much more. So I know you guys have seen like the turns and the changes of the show and how much (laughs) different it is than a year ago. And if you are an OG listener, Paula, at you. Thank you for writing this beautiful evolution with me. But you can expect way more. Higher level, deeper conversations, a lot more honesty. You know what? To be honest, there's a show coming out soon with Sex with Emily that Connor and I did, and I'm very excited about it. But let me tell you something, my loves. I was sweating 
like literally I had under boob sweat. I have under boob sweat right now too. <laughs> uh, I had under boob sweat. My armpits were sweating. I was red. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about this stuff. I've never admitted this. Some of it to Connor, <laughs> let alone on a podcast with a sex expert. So we're going there. I'm ready. You're ready. And guess what? I have a shit ton of questions from you guys today, which I'm so excited about. And based on these questions, you guys are in it and I love it. So we're going to get into this right now. So the first question is what my journey has been from what I like to call living for likes to not giving a fuck. And specifically, this is around being on the other side of the news recently and still staying vulnerable with you all. So in case you guys don't know, don't watch the news. I don't watch the news either. So it's kind of cool when you're like a headline on every show in the country and your name is on the little ticker thing at the bottom of ABC and NBC and CNN and your headshot is everywhere. If you don't watch the news, it really doesn't bother you. (laughs) If you're my mother though, probably a problem. But if you don't watch the news, you don't know what I'm talking about without getting too into it. I am in the middle of a lawsuit and I came forward with sexual assault allegations um, against someone that I used to work with and be friends with. And something again came up in this whole experience that was very public. And I have been getting my ass kicked the last two weeks, um, being called a whore and a slut and money hungry and a liar and a fucking piece of shit and that I should just die. Oh, it's been lovely. My DMs have been lovely. So that's what she's referring to. So... Don't Google, don't, you don't need to go into it, but just know that that's, that's where we are right now. And that's why this is such an amazing and pertinent question and timely because I'm in the middle of it. So how do I, when that is happening and I'm getting totally attacked from every angle, stay true to who I am and stay vulnerable and not worry about those people because the version of me a year and a half ago God, let's be honest, even six months ago, I could not handle this. It would have broken me. I did not have a sense of worth or value. I did not like myself. I did not have boundaries. I did not protect myself or have my own back. So if I had people coming at me in this way, I definitely would have been in a mess on the floor. Now, That being said, don't get me wrong. I even looked at Connor the other day and I was like, the last three days has been really hard. Like my feelings are really hurt. So I'm human and my feelings are going to get hurt. When enough people say mean things about you, yeah, it's going to get to you. But here is how I have dealt with this and how I've gotten to the point where I am now. I am so sure of myself and who I am. I know my value. I know my worth. I really like myself. I actually love myself. And I feel pretty full and whole. 
And so now, because I have done so much work, so much deep work to shed layers, to let go, to truly see myself, when some random dude from Long Beach who loves the sports teams is coming at me and doesn't know anything about anything relating to this, I can look at him and see that he is projecting his stuff on me, that he has his own fears and insecurities, his own anger, and I am an easy place for him to throw his shit. It's so easy to judge everyone else when you're judging yourself. And you don't even see it. He probably doesn't like himself. So here comes me, who is disrupting his beautiful little land of sports and people he thinks are perfect and do no wrong in the world, apparently. And I'm the bad guy. And that's fine. I don't mind being the bad guy because I'm standing up for me and other women and things that I believe in and that fucking matter. And I know what's real and I know what's right and I know what's true. He doesn't. So I get to take that and be like, hmm, it's okay. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't affect me. I'm not going to hold on to this. Things like that can sting for a second. Take a step back, take a breath and realize who is coming at you. And when it comes to social media, Guys, my engagement is like crap. So is everyone else's. I've gotten to a point where Connor and I do photo shoots. We have some really cute pictures of us coming up from my amazing photographer, Megan. We went to this field in Malibu and it's so cute. And no, it's not an engagement shoot. I just really like taking pictures with my guy. That being said, we have so many cute pictures like that. We go, we were in Malibu the other day. He brought his camera. We took so many cute pictures out and it's fun. I don't take or post pictures anymore so that you like them. I don't. I don't use hashtags. I don't buy followers. I don't beg anyone to be with me, follow me, be in my space. If you want to be here, you'll be here. If you want to like my picture, so happy. If I get lost in your feed, oh, I will survive. I will survive. It's okay. This is the crazy thing, you guys. Like, Take a step back and think about the conversations we're having about social media and how it dictates our lives. And so many of us make our living off of social media. And yeah, I grow the podcast through Instagram and Facebook and it's important, but... Oh, there's so much more to life. There's so much more out there. And I love connecting with amazing people on Instagram. It's such a beautiful tool. And I love posting pictures and sharing my life with you and answering your questions and connecting. And if I come at it from that space and that level of fulfillment, then the rest of it just doesn't matter. And if I don't get a lot of likes on a picture, maybe that I loved and I'm like, I can't believe they don't like this as much as I do. It's okay. It's okay because Instagram is going to be gone one day. And are we going to look at it? Are we going to look back at it and think, wow, I wish I had spent more time on this app? 
Yeah, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. We're going to say, wow, I wish I had been off of my phone more and spent more time in real life with my person or having fun or doing silly things and not needing to take a photo and capture every moment or post it. Maybe you do capture every moment and then you don't post it. What a novel idea that it's for you. There's no right or wrong here. But we don't have to live in this competitive world and beg for people to like us. Girls, and some guys that listen to the show, I love you so much. But girls, we are better than that. We have so much more to offer. We are worthy, capable, smart, talented, interesting, curious, thoughtful, healthy, beautiful women. We don't need Instagram for anything ever. Stop living for likes. Stop living for them. Like yourself, love yourself. You won't need anyone else to like your shit, but they will. The next question, what's the biggest factor in healing from all of my health obstacles? Oh, well, as I always say, healing is not linear and not multi not multidimensional, not one-dimensional. It is multidimensional. There we go. So getting my food in check was really important because I had leaky gut and SIBO and chronic fatigue and so many issues that were causing a lot of inflammation. So following the autoimmune protocol, working on getting the heat out of my body, taking out the constant alcohol and coffee and heat and inflammatory foods, a big part of that. Sleep? Sleep. My friends, you must sleep. (laughs) I remember when I first met with Dr. Lekos, who... If you haven't heard him on the show, go back and listen to that show. It's called Life-Saving Medicine with Dr. Lekos. He's my functional doctor. It's so good. So good, in fact, that Sophia Bush listened to the show and that's how she found him. And now he is her doctor. I witnessed that all happen on social media the other day and I lost my mind. But that is neither here nor there. I'm fangirling. So he said to me, are you sleeping? And I said, no. He's like, well, I can't do anything for you if you're not sleeping because that affects your stress and everything else and your body just can't function. So sleep. So we got to sleeping and so much changed. Ayurveda, a huge aspect too, and that's the food and the getting the heat out and the stress management. Um, So that's all really amazing. But this is the part that I didn't know. I just didn't know. And that's why the show is changing now because I'm learning more. I am like a student of healing. And as a student of healing, I've gone through chapter by chapter by chapter of what you can do to heal your body from a variety of things, whether it's chronic illness, fatigue, trauma, all of that. So I've gone through the functional medicine chapter 
I've gone through the Ayurveda chapter. I've gone through the food chapter with autoimmune protocol and the sleep chapter, the supplements chapter, the getting rid of toxic relationships and environments chapter. (laughs) And probably a few others. And now I am in the trauma and sexuality chapters. I'm like bouncing back and forth between the two, but they're intertwined. So that's happening. So trauma. Trauma is a word that's thrown around a lot. And I just want to clear up. I use it pretty loosely. But I also believe that trauma speaks to a lot of different things. So you don't need to run around being like, I had traumas or I am currently experiencing trauma. It doesn't need to be a whole thing, guys. Like shit happens to everybody. And it can be a simple little thing that you don't think is a big deal that at 31, you're like, damn, that's dictating everything I do in my life. Or it can be a huge thing like being raped. Clearly a horrible, horrible thing. That is a trauma in so many ways. So working through experiences that I've had in my life and past lives, clearing space and really acknowledging the things that have gone on. And I talked earlier about being the outlier and and sticking out and... Um, If you've listened to previous episodes that I've done on my own, uh, I've talked about being suicidal at age 12 and not wanting to live and not wanting to be here. Those were traumatic experiences for me in not fitting in and being bullied and not really having friends or relating to other kids. That is traumatic, especially for a child. Not relating as an adult is one thing, but not relating as a child, that shit sticks with you. As I'm sure many of you are well aware, we don't feel connected, welcome, like we fit in, accepted. We just feel fucking judged and not good enough and not worthy. So if you want to know the root of my shit, there you go. It always comes back to these things. Trying to prove that I'm worthy, trying to prove that I should be loved and I'm good enough for it. And then the sexuality piece. If you've also listened to past episodes, I first talked about this publicly on my in my interview with Caleb Campbell, my sweet friend who gave me permission to come forward about this because he talked about it himself. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know other people did this. Guys, I know that you feel like that when I talk or my guests talk about that, right? That happens for me. This is happening for me every day in my life where someone else speaks up about something they're not supposed to talk about, something that is taboo that we are supposed to suppress or judge or, oh, don't talk about that. That's really bad. My mom and, not, my mom and dad said, I, I'm not allowed to talk about that. Ah, fuck it. We're talking about it. I started masturbating when I was five. I was five. And I'm sure a lot of you listening right now are in your car or in your kitchen and you're like, holy shit, me too or something of that nature. I didn't know I could say that until Caleb talked about it. 
So please listen to that episode because we really get into a lot of stuff like that. So that kind of sexual trauma of being five, showing my mom I could masturbate and her being like, "Mm, we're not going to do that. Okay. And she was so kind and amazing. It wasn't like she like slapped my hand away. She wasn't like, you're gross. She's like, okay, like, okay, we're, we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna stop that. And then being in freaking kindergarten or first grade and sitting on the little carpet and touching myself, like flicking the bean when I was five in class and didn't know that was not, not appropriate. And um, being sent to the bathroom, being like, oh, we don't do that. Like go to the bathroom if you need to like handle your stuff. But no one ever talked to me about what was happening. I was five. I knew everything about sex, all the things, penis and vagina. That's how babies come into the world. You get naked, you do the deed, voila. And I was touching myself. No one talked about that. So after that, which I have now learned in the therapy that I am doing, my sex, my sexuality, my connection with my body shut down until I was in high school. Because they asked me, what happened to your sexuality between the time you learned to masturbate, learned about sex, and then were told not to do it, and when you started having sex, which wasn't until after high school at 17. I was like, honestly, I don't remember masturbating. I don't remember any connection to that. That's a problem. And then being sexually assaulted clearly adds to that. And being mistreated by men and being in situations that were confusing and where I felt out of control and used and lost and just not prepared for. Those are all things that I have been and am working on now to heal my my health problems. So as I started to embark on the emotional work And that includes plant medicine, ayahuasca, psilocybin, sitting in ceremony with others who have been through stuff like this, talking to healers, doing energy work, releasing that heaviness from my body. That's when my health completely changed. So doing ozone therapy and working on my nutrition and sleeping, those were all so important. I can't I cannot tell you enough how important those were. But the connection, the mind-body connection, the sexuality piece as to what I truly believe and I'm going to get into this more in the next few months because I'm not sure how I want to describe this or teach you yet. But the For me, sexuality is the gateway to everything. It means being present in my body. It means being connected to my body. It means being open. It means truly being myself, not afraid to to ask for what I want, not afraid to use my voice, feeling safe in my own body and trusting and allowing for ecstasy and that orgasmic energy. That is what heals. That is what lets me get fully into my power, not just in the bedroom, in my relationship, in my relationships with men and women, friends, 
family, as a leader, as a fucking boss lady running a brand, hosting a show, leading a team, helping you. All of those things is their access through sexuality. And sexuality is access once you work through your emotional stuff. Because you can see what triggers you. You can see, I don't feel comfortable in my body. You can see, I'm not present in my body. You can see the disconnection between the upper half of your body and the lower half of your body. Your mind, your heart are not connected to your pussy or your dick. So of course, it's not going to work. You're not going to be open and available to anything in your life if you're that disconnected. And that's how I've been living. So yeah, my body's going to revolt against me. I'm living for other people. I'm living for likes. I give lots of fucks about everything. I don't feel connected to myself. I constantly want to escape. I don't like myself. I'm confused. I don't belong. I don't feel accepted. I don't feel worthy. Your body is going to freak the fuck out, guys. And if you're not making the mind-body connection at this level yet, let's go there. And if you don't know what that means, send me a fucking email. I got you. And don't feel like you're like, I can't believe I didn't see that, or I didn't know that, or I'm not sure what that means, or maybe I don't believe that. It's okay. I am just getting to this point. I was sick for 14 freaking years. So sick. And I'm just now seeing that connecting to my own pussy, being in my body, means health, means freedom, means being wild, means owning my voice, means taking my freaking power back. And I wish you could see me because my hands are up in the air and I'm alone at our house. (laughs) And no one is witnessing me being back in my power. That is how you heal. And honestly, that's why I'm not teaching you guys what food to eat anymore. The autoimmune protocol is the jam. Go do it. You don't need me for that. That is something you can Google, get incredible books on. Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, Mickey Trescott. Those are the two people I trust most in this space. If you need to figure out how to get inflammatory foods out of your body and how to heal with an elimination diet that will absolutely change your life, Go find those two women, buy every book they've ever written, read them, do what they say. You will be on your way to healing. Sleep, get rid of the toxic stuff around you, and then let's get into the real work. Because we all want to find a food that's going to heal us. We all want to take a pill. We all want to have a meditation app and be one with ourselves. That's all well and good. And I do that stuff too. I'm not poo-pooing it and I'm not saying it's wrong. But there is so much more out there and available to you that they're not telling us about, that they don't want us to know about, that we're scared to know about and to do. Because it's freaking uncomfortable when you have to admit a lot of things that you've done or you've experienced or the shame you have around stuff It's hard to look at. It's hard to admit. So that's why a majority of the world doesn't do it. They don't do this work. No one wants to look at their stuff. It's easier to push it aside, to suppress it, 
And to run around saying, oh, I have chronic illness and you know, I just can't do anything. No, we got this. Let's do the work. Let's heal our bodies. I think that answers the next question too. What was more important for healing chronic illness, processing emotional trauma or diet? Start with the diet, get into the trauma. Clear your head, get rid of inflammation, get rid of the pain. Get it to a point where you can manage it. And then let's get into what is causing these problems. Your body doesn't randomly get sick one day. Your body gets sick because of the toxins, because of the chemicals, because of the emotional trauma, because of the experiences that you've had, the limiting beliefs that you have for yourself that were probably placed upon you by your family, your friends, your environment, or your past life. So if you don't address that, we're not going to get to the good stuff. We're just not. I need some coffee. Okay. You know, Connor's not here to make me coffee or go get coffee with me. And it's pretty tragic. I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning. I was like, I don't want to go get coffee by myself. But I got coffee. So I'm going to drink coffee now. I just sounded like a total whiny brat too. I don't care. <laughs> Remember? We don't care. Okay. So the next one, how do you navigate conversations with friends and family as you become more open? Ooh, this one's so interesting. I don't. <laughs> so pretty much can guarantee my mom's not going to listen to this show. I was at home a few weeks ago and I was like talking to her about the pod and I said something about, yeah, you know, since I talk about sex all the time now and she was like, I know, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, um, okay. She's like, your godmother called. She wants to know if you're okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm great. I'm having lots of orgasms. I feel really connected in my body. I'm very present. I'm healing emotional trauma and I feel better than ever. And I actually like myself. I didn't say that. Got it. Here's the thing. I love my parents. They're so supportive. They're my biggest cheerleaders. My dad helps me with my business so much. My mom is such a great mom. And they raised me well to be a good person, to care about people. And they're constantly you know, doing their best. This stuff makes people uncomfortable, you guys. It just does. You changing, you evolving, you talking about stuff, this taboo, not that you're talking about it publicly like I do, but talking about it. I mean, I've talked about masturbating when I was five and how I came to her in probably like 10 episodes now of my own and other people's shows. And she hasn't brought it up and I know she's heard it. And that's okay. And I haven't brought it up to her either. And so I, right now, as I'm telling you this story, I'm taking responsibility for the fact that I'm fucking scared shitless to be like, hey, so this happened and then that happened and I'm working through this and whatever. One, it's scary. Like that's an awkward conversation, especially if my dad's involved, my sweet daddy. I love that man. These are not the things that we talk about though. That's tough. Also, it's really not their business. I'm working through a lot of things I don't tell you guys about. I'm going through a therapy that Connor and I have yet to decide if we're going to disclose in in full. 
and what that looks like. But I'm going through some things that I'm not sharing with anyone, any of my friends. And Connor and the healers I work with are the only people that I've talked to about this stuff with. And I reserve the right to keep that to myself. And I don't have to tell my parents everything. And honestly, like, it's not for them. They are, as a byproduct, being affected in a good way because I'm showing up as a better person who takes responsibility for her stuff, who is grateful and hum, hum, humil, humble. <laughs> I was like, going to be, I was going to say like humiliized or something. <laughs> I was trying to work in, was it humility or humble? And anyways, words. (laughs) I'm humble. And so I show up differently in my relationship with my parents. But all of this is not for them. So, you know, and when it comes to sex and sexuality, and I'm working through some stuff on that that I'm confused about. And oh boy. I will also get into that at some point. Not there yet. I know who I can talk to, who I trust. And I know who has earned the right to hear my story and the things that I'm going through. And I know where I can turn. And as for the rest of the world, I choose not to talk to them about it. That is my right. And that is where I am right now. It doesn't mean that at some point I'm not going to go and talk to my parents about it or share certain things with them. But we have a lot of different beliefs about the world, about how to operate as humans, about all of that. And, you know, I think that there's something to be said. We don't choose our family, right? I mean, we kind of do. But that's a whole other story about your soul choosing your family and your parents and all of that. But I mean, consciously as a human, we don't choose our family. We're born to a family. We have brothers, sisters, parents, cousins, all of the things. We choose our friends and who we surround ourselves with. And if you don't feel safe talking about something, then they haven't earned it. And you don't have to share it with them. It's okay. And I don't think you need to feel like you're lying or keeping a secret or whatever that looks like. I think you can keep that for yourself and share that with the people that you want to share it with that make you feel good, that don't judge you. Don't share shit with people that are going to just judge you because they're clearly not ready for it. And they're going through their own stuff. They're judging you for a reason. So it's okay. I only share things with people when I feel called to share it. I had lunch with my amazing friend Megan yesterday. I love her. She's someone that I I pretty much tell everything to. And we were sitting there yesterday and I was just like, I can't get into it right now. I'm emotionally drained and I'm processing and I don't feel called to get into what I'm working through right now. It's too much for me. And she would never judge me. Like the opposite. She would cheerlead the shit for me. The shit for me? She would cheerlead the shit out of it for me. And just be so excited and supportive and talk through it and all of that. I just wasn't in it. I wasn't there for that yesterday. 
So honoring yourself, protecting yourself, having your own back in those scenarios, that's how I navigate that. How have interactions and assumptions about other women changed over the past year? A lot. (laughs) First of all, I am everything I judged my whole life. I am at this point, at 31, I can say, Kelly Tennant, the current, is exactly what the former judged. Every part of it. In relationships, the way I operate, being an entrepreneur, standing up for myself, spending so much time with women, um, sexually. I mean, I, everything. And the reason that the old version of me judged those kinds of people so much... Oh, the spirituality part too. Okay, I used to think... Phoebe on Friends was so fucking crazy. You guys, I am Phoebe. I hope you're laughing in your car right now because I'm laughing. (laughs) I am Phoebe. I'm Phoebe Buffet. I am so woo-woo. My grandmother is not my cat, but I'm about as close to that as it comes. (laughs) So that being said... I've been so judgmental my whole life because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin and I didn't like who I was. And I think that I saw who I wanted to be and who I knew I was meant to be. And that scared me so much. So I just constantly judged it. And I would see women who are comfortable in their bodies or showing their skin. I used to show my skin because I needed attention and validation, not because I felt comfortable in my body. It was the opposite. I wasn't like showing off, right? Or I wasn't... I was showing off, but for the wrong reasons. I, The clothes that I wore, the way I acted and dressed, I needed people to validate who I was. The way I am now and what I wear and how I act and the way I embody everything I am about comes from such a different place, such a place of clarity and wholeness and love for myself. And I'm confident. So I see women now who are not confident, who are insecure, who don't feel worthy, who feel lack and don't know their own value. And I get it. And oftentimes those are women who are judging me or say things about me. And here's what I'm learning. First of all, let's just stop judging. And we're human and we're going to judge. And I'm probably going to judge someone in an hour when I leave my house. But let's make better choices and be more conscious about what we're doing. And when it comes to women around and with other women, this is something I saw and it was so beautiful and it really helped me a lot. And so maybe this will help you. I saw like where I originated from and where where my soul came from, my soul home. And in this soul home, it was just energy, but it was really, really strong feminine energy. There was no male energy. There was no masculine. It was all just like really amazing, soft, connected feminine energy. And it was like blue and pink and purple and bright and amazing music and just like this light, 
free-spirited experience. And every woman, every energy that was female was connected. I believe that I saw that because that is where I want to serve all of you from. That is the place I want to come from when I serve and when I show up for you and when I show up for myself. For some reason, we have been convinced and we believe that we are better than each other or not as good as each other. That if she has something, I can't have it. Or if she's a certain way and it's different from me, then I need to judge it. Or if I don't understand it, I need to judge it. Or if I want to be that, then I need to judge it. And this could be right. This could be wrong. It doesn't really matter. This is what I believe. When we step into the world and we think about all of our energy connected, and I really, I really want to speak to the women right now because I think this is a much bigger issue for us. Think about every woman around you being energetically connected to, physically connected to, all coming from one place. And that divine feminine energy is running through us now. And every time you feel less than or you act better than or you judge one of those women, not only are you judging one of your own, but you're judging yourself. And you're kicking yourself in the knees and you're kicking women collectively in the knees and bringing us all down. And you are breaking that connection. And you are choosing to forget how beautiful it is when we are all together and one. And that doesn't mean that if a woman is treating you like shit that you put up with it because we are connected. It means that you are compassionate for her and have empathy. Because guess what? You've probably acted like that about someone else. And she's probably going through something hard and probably insecure and doesn't feel good about herself. And maybe she doesn't love herself. That's where I was for 30 years. I'm running around judging everybody. Because I didn't like myself and I felt insecure and I wanted to prove that I mattered and I was important and girls were mean to me when I was young. So I was like, well, fuck them. I'll show you. It's not how I want to show up in the world and it's not how I want to show up for you. Our community is so amazing. And you know why? Because we're all raw and vulnerable and we want to work through our stuff and we want to be better people. We want to be better for ourselves so that we can be better for others. And I honor that. But I can't honor that and I can't show up for you and I can't do this work if I am constantly judging you. And in turn, judging myself. So I only find this connection again once I 
love myself and once I work on me. And once I see the world from that place, I was so angry at women for so long. So jealous. Didn't feel good enough. I just wanted them to like me. I just wanted them to invite me to the freaking party. When you don't get invited to the party over and over, it breaks your heart and it breaks that connection. So where are you showing up in the world, not inviting other people to your party? Where are you insecure? Where are you feeling lack? And then projecting that and lashing out on other women because of it. They didn't do anything to you. Maybe they did. But for the most part, they probably didn't. Because you're judging random people and most of them are strangers on Instagram. As women, we get to work on our stuff to love ourselves. To show up and stop judging who we are. Allow ourselves to fucking blossom and be wild and own our voice and step up because then the collective energy of feminine rises too. And then we're not kicking each other in the knees anymore and taking each other out and killing, slowly killing each other one by one with our mean daggers and hatred. Because you know what that is doing? You are just slowly killing your own soul. And Adam, but I don't know about you, but I don't have time for that anymore. I just don't. I love chicks. I want them in my life. I want to love them. I want to hold them. I want to see them. I want to accept them. I want to choose them. And I want to invite, invite them to my fucking party. Speaking of, I am throwing a party and you are invited. Because at my party, everyone's invited and everyone is welcome and seen and held. And I will freaking hold your hand when you walk in the door if you're too scared because you're an introvert like me. And parties, especially if you go by yourself, are terrifying. And I will introduce you to all the people and I will give you presents and I will hug you and I will sit in a circle with you and talk about sexuality and relationships and functional medicine and Ayurveda. And I will eat breakfast and lunch with you. And then I'll probably dance with you and listen to live music with you and get acupuncture and cupping and cryofacials. I will do all of that with you. I'm putting on this event on October 5th in Los Angeles. It's called Ceremony Wellness Live. I'm pretty sure you've heard me talk about it 8,000 times now. So if you don't know about it, kellytenant.com slash live. Get your tickets. Come join us. That aside, I created this because this is what I need. And like I said earlier, if I don't advocate for myself and I don't step up for the thing that I needed when I felt so disconnected and sick, how do you know that this is available to you? How do you know that you have permission to show up to an event by yourself or with friends and know that you are going to be seen and taken care of. Maybe for the first time in your life. 
and that that's out there. That's out there. And it's for you. It is for you. It's not for everyone else and not you because you're not cool enough or you're not fun enough or... It's for you. All you have to do is sign up, show up, walk in the room, be present, and watch the magic. Watch the magic that is a room full of people that don't judge you, that get you to the core and want the same things. (sighs) Okay, let's talk about love. How do I believe I attracted Connor spiritually and how do I maintain a relationship with him without being in fear of being too much, too strong, or too everything? First of all, I love talking about my guy. He is the greatest. So thanks for asking. Connor and I believe that we both manifested each other in very similar ways. And I don't want to speak for him. But we had both been in relationships in the past that did not serve us in a lot of ways. They were amazing for so many reasons. But we both learned a lot about what we do and don't want in those relationships. And he had been single for a few years. I had not been single for very long. And so... During the time we had been out of relationships, we really spent time working on ourselves and getting clear about what we wanted. And my work on this really started in December when I was in Tulum. I went to Tulum by myself and I was going through a breakup and some some hard things in my personal life. And I started thinking about what I really wanted in my life. And what partnership meant to me and what it meant for me to show up and how I was in a relationship and how I wanted to feel and what what conversations I wanted to have and what values and goals and and all of that I wanted in a relationship and on the other side of that, he had been working on that too and, and really calling in his person. And I journaled about this. I prayed about this. I thought about it in meditation. I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried as I worked through these concepts. And before I met Connor, I knew that I was in love with him. because. I truly felt that he had been sent to me and he felt the same way. And the funny thing is we both saw each other months before we ever knew the person, the other person existed in our own work. So he saw me when he was at Soltara for his uh, first ever retreat. And he saw me in his experience. But he didn't know who I was. It was this tall woman with long brown hair. And I saw him when I did a past life regression last year. But 
I saw him in the past as my husband. And I saw him in the future as my husband. And I didn't know it was him because I didn't know he existed. And so when we met, it was like, oh my God, I've seen you before. (laughs) We both said it. You can't make this shit up, you guys. So I think that our energy was already connected. And I think that we were not ready for each other for a long time. And we had to go through so many different experiences in relationships, in work, personal development, falling flat on our face in a variety of ways in order to come together. Because our energy together is so magical and power. It's unbelievable. And I think based on the messages I get from you guys, you can feel that from us, which I love. It makes me so happy. And having this kind of partnership is... oh, I don't even have a word for it. But you can't get to this place until you get really clear on what it is you want. And you get to love yourself and honor yourself and spend time with you taking care of you before you show up for another person in such a big way. And I didn't do that for so long and I didn't ask for what I wanted. I wasn't clear and I just made lots of exceptions and I convinced myself it was always fine and it wasn't. So get clear, journal, pray, ask for it, figure out what your your non-negotiables are and Put that energy out into the world. I explain this as I had this swirling energy attracting him into my space. And it was swirling around me. And it was this openness and this coming from a place of worthiness and value and abundance and wanting to co-create with someone, calling that kind of energy in, which he was doing the same thing. And that brings you together. That's when you're able to drop into each other's energy and connect. The other side of this question of maintaining a relationship with him without being in fear of being too strong or too much. I get what you're saying. First of all, Connor encourages me to take up all the space. He's like, I got you, go. He's literally said that to me. He said, take up all the space, baby. And he holds that container. And I spread myself so far and take up as much space as I want. I am as loud and as powerful and as magical and as wild as I want to be. And he holds steady. And I go. And then when I'm ready to come home and I'm ready to ground and I'm ready to be, he invites me back and welcomes me back and holds that for me too. And I'm so much more in my feminine with him than I've ever been. And a lot of it is my own work of letting go of this masculine go-getter, grind, competitive, I have to be better than everyone, let me prove to you kind of thing, right? I don't feel the need to do that with him. I can be soft and I can be sweet and I can trust him and I can let go and allow him 
to be in the masculine and to hold for me. So finding someone that is strong in themselves. And yet Connor has his own shit, guys. He's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. And he can be such a shithead and like such a dick sometimes. And he loves that about himself. He's not perfect. And he's going through his own stuff. So it's not like he's, you know, just so sure of himself and I I've got this and I know everything and I've already done my work and I'm great. Like, no, he is he's going through his own experience right now too. And that's the beauty of him holding the container. Then we can switch and I can hold the container because I need his strong masculine energy. Guess what? He needs my strong feminine energy to ground him and hold space for him to work through his stuff. That is why we work. So both of us being sure of ourselves to an extent, being strong and knowing in who we are, and also being vulnerable with each other about what we need, asking for what we need, that is how we maintain our relationship. I am not in fear of being too much or too strong or too everything. I am fully myself with him more than I've ever been with anyone else. And he loves that about me. If you are fully yourself and showing up truly as who you are, not a version of who you are that you think you should be, not trying to be someone else, not forcing it, not avoiding your stuff by being loud and crazy and whatever because you don't want to like deal with your emotions or your trauma. So you're covering it up by doing something else. If you're truly just showing up as yourself and who you are and your person can't hold for that, maybe they're not your person. Talk to them. Have a really honest conversation about this. They might just not know what to do. And sometimes in relationships, one of you has to take the lead and lead the way, literally. Handhold, lead the way because someone else might not see it. And so much of that is what Connor has been doing. I also do it in my own way. And there's a balance there. Sometimes I'm so lost and confused and he just grabs me by the hand and he's like, this is where we're going. I've got you. And I trust him. But if you don't trust your person and they don't show up for you, it might not be your person. Next question. This was a long one. I kind of made smaller so that we could get into it. Condensed it. It's asking about space and relationships. She said her guy just moved out. He wants room to be himself and she's overly controlling and freaking out. He won't come back. She needs to know how to let go without feeling hopeless. I get it. Space in relationships is so important. Connor always says this. I never understood it. It actually made me very uncomfortable and kind of mad at him and insecure. And I just like had no idea what he was talking about. But Esther Perel says that fire needs air. If you haven't read the book Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel, get it on an audiobook and listen to it. It will change your life and make you very uncomfortable in every other chapter. Maybe every chapter. I was sweating and like, like every five minutes. So this is what she talks about though. 
fire needs air. In order to have desire and sexual chemistry and connection and continue to burn that candle and want to be with each other, you need to have space. And for those of us who are recovering control freaks, perfectionists, OCD, all of those things, and we want to mother and smother our men because we want to control them and we show love that way, it is no wonder that they run away from us. When I try and mother Connor, he rebels and is very angry with me. I am not his mommy. He is a grown-ass 32-year-old man who knows how to live. And me telling him what to do, telling him to pick up his shit, telling him how to live his life, telling him how to make decisions, giving unsolicited advice. I am trying to make him feel better to make his life easier because I need to feel better. I need to control his life so that I feel in control. He is just like this little puppet that I use to make myself feel better and in control. And when he feels out of control, when he's struggling, when he is not sure of what to do, that makes me feel chaotic and out of control. So I immediately run to mommy mode. Let me fix everything. When I let him just go, let me tell you a secret, girls. Let them go. Don't give them advice. Don't do things for them. Just let them be. They will talk to you more. They will ask for your advice. They will actually do what you wanted in the first place. But they don't want to be ordered around. They don't want to feel like they're going to get in trouble. They don't want to walk on eggshells. And they don't want you to be their mother. It is not sexy. Connor because he's a normal person, doesn't want to have sex with his mom. So if I show up energetically bossing him around and being controlling, why is he going to want to fuck me? I mean, I wouldn't even want to fuck me. I don't want someone bossing me around It's annoying. It's just annoying. Take a step back. Let them live. If they want to be with you, they will be with you. If this guy feels the need to move out in order to get space, we got to take a step back. We got to reevaluate what we're doing. We got to get out of the 
mother wife mode for a second where we got to do all the things, take care of everything. We're, I'm not sexy. I'm not present, blah, blah, blah. Let's get back into like the hot girlfriend who walks around without pants on and her guy's t-shirt and maybe is a little messy and maybe is a little fun and flirty and lets him make his own decisions. Even when we know, girls, yeah, Connor makes decisions that I don't agree with. I know they're the wrong one. I know. And he will later figure out that it was wrong too. But at that moment, it's the choice he decided to make and it was for him. And it's not my life. It's his life. He lets me make decisions that he believes are wrong all the time. And usually he's right too. But I have to figure it out on my own because he's not my daddy. (laughs) It's very simple, but it's so hard. Be sexy, be playful, be fun. Remember how you were when you first started dating someone. When you were just like in it and it was cute and fun and sexy and flirty and you weren't ordering them around because you don't order people around that you just meet, usually. Let yourself be free. Let go of the reins. Unless he's going to go kill somebody or do something really horrible, let him fall on his face. You do you. Let him do him. And then come together and do each other. But you're going to be miserable your whole life trying to hold on for dear life to these people, specifically men who want to go be. They want to make decisions. They want to feel like a man. Do you know how emasculating it is for us to constantly make decisions for them and do and reprimand them and micromanage them? They're not made for that. And that's not sexy. If you want to be sexy and you want to be that person and you want to have fun with your guy, let him live his freaking life. And when he asks for your help, show up. When he needs you to hold space for him, show up. (sighs) How to not play the comparison game. And this person was specifically talking about comparing yourself to Instagram models and the idea of perfection and how that leads us to not feeling good enough. Whew. Unfollow people, first of all. Just unfollow people. I follow less than 300 people. I could probably follow a lot less than that. I realized that I was comparing myself to everyone, including other people who have podcasts that are more successful than mine people who have teams of people doing stuff for them, PR and ads and big events and all this stuff. Yeah, I do some of that, but I have a very small team. don't have an assistant. I do all of this. And feeling like less than and not as pretty and oh, look what she has or look where she is. And so I unfollowed them. I don't follow Victoria's Secret models (laughs) who have no cellulite on pictures. They do in real life, let's be honest. But they want us to believe that they don't have any at all. And people that are posing on the top of the Eiffel Tower, like upside down, leaning off 
that's not a real thing. I made that up. But you know what I mean. I'm not going to do that. So if that makes me feel bad about myself because I can't travel to Paris or because I don't have a photographer or because I'm going through something hard and she makes me feel like my life sucks, whatever it is, don't follow that person. That's where it starts. No one has a perfect life. Instagram is a highlight reel. I do my very best to share honest stuff with you. I post pictures of me crying. I post pictures that aren't the most flattering. I don't have a perfectly edited, put together feed. I'm pretty silly and stupid doing stuff. I, I show who I am. Like One of the greatest compliments that I get is that when people meet me in real life, they're like, wow, you're exactly the same. This is how I talk to everybody. This is how Connor and I sit on the couch and talk to each other. So Instagram, for the most part, is a highlight reel. And getting caught up in other people's lives when in reality, they're going through hard stuff that's not put online. Let's just be honest here. Your life is no different than theirs. People feel so disconnected, not welcome, not present, lost, and we're more, quote unquote, connected than ever. Take a step back. You have nothing to compare yourself to. First of all, everyone's life is different. Everyone's going through hard stuff. Second, there's room for everyone. There's room for everyone. You listen to my show, right? You probably listen to other people's shows too. There's room for multiple podcasts. And there's a reason you resonate with me and maybe not someone else. Or maybe you listen to my show, but Connor's show is too much for you. Or you know, Connor's listeners don't want to listen to my show. They do, but you you get what I'm saying. Like it's different people. We have different reaches, different communities, different listeners, because there's lots of different types of people in the world. So for me to compare myself with Connor's downloads or his community, what does that do for me? He reaches a different kind of person than I do. And that's so beautiful. I'm so glad because I don't reach them. The way I talk may not resonate with them the same. They need a hot guy in a backwards hat with shaggy hair who's super sexy and kind of talks like a bro when it comes to spirituality and says fuck every five words. That's what they need in order to understand and be open to spirituality and personal development, relationships, and growth. And though I have a mouth like a sailor, that's not how I talk or how I am. So it's a beautiful thing. There is space for all of us. Don't come from a place of lack. I want to circle back to the soul home conversation on this too. Remember that those are your sisters. Those are the women that you came here with. Those are the women that need you. When you're judging them, 
You're judging yourself. You're judging your sisters. And they may make you feel bad about yourself because they're all beautiful women on Instagram with beautiful pictures who have longer hair and more symmetrical faces and cuter clothes and like the list goes on and on. But those are your sisters and they might be hurting too. And for you to put them down and judge them only takes away from all of us collectively. It doesn't mean you need to follow them. If it triggers you or doesn't make you feel good, please don't follow them. But don't bring them down with negative judgment. They didn't do anything to you. And sending that kind of energy to someone only perpetuates the problem. Send her love and gratitude and pray for her in whatever it is that she's going through because you know she's going through something because so are you. The last thing I want to talk about is a question on preparing for plant medicine and when it is best to embark on that journey. Plant medicine is something that must call you. You don't get convinced to do it. You don't get talked into it. You don't do it to... I mean, some people do it to fuck around, I guess, but I don't believe in doing that. I believe that it is to be used for healing in a very powerful way. So preparing for plant medicine is being open to whatever you're going to see and not trying to control the experience. And I would like to give myself credit for both times that I have done ayahuasca retreats. I have gone out, gone in without expectations. And my intention the first weekend was I surrender. And everything came to that. The second time I set specific intentions and questions that I had for each night that I wanted to have more clarity on. And it did not go the way I planned. I got all the answers that I needed. I addressed everything I wanted to, but the journey to get there looked nothing like I thought it would. And the final answer was, holy shit, way different than I thought. But so beautiful and so powerful and life-changing. And impactful because I let go and I didn't hold on to what it was supposed to look like. The journey is different for everyone. Sitting in the Maloka, at Soltara, where we have our retreat, every single person is going through something different and it looks and feels and sounds different. That's why it's so beautiful. When you step in and let go, the medicine works with you and for you. And when you fight it and you try and control it, it can't show up for you the way it wants. Going in with the intention of healing and seeing what is meant for you is the most beautiful way that you can approach it. With whatever intentions you need, whatever is on your heart, honoring yourself, and doing it for you and no one else. This medicine must call you. And if it's calling you, I would love to invite you to join us at Soltara next year. We are holding space for 20 people. 
And Connor and I are hosting this one together. And I am so excited because I now see for myself the power that is in Costa Rica with the healers from the Shipibo tradition that they fly in from Peru. The beautiful food and location, the people that facilitate the connections that we curate because every single person that's on the retreat, we personally talk to and bring there. If someone's not a fit, they just, they don't come. Because we care deeply about what that room feels like for you. So we are taking signups and about to take calls to curate this group. And there's only 20 spots. And this retreat is in the spring. So we anticipate we'll be filling this up in the next month. So if you really feel called to this medicine and you want to learn more and sit with us in ceremony, I would love to have you there. And if you have any questions, you always know, hit me in the DMs, baby. You can go to gettherealness.com slash realness-retreat. Sign up, send us your email. You can find a little more information on the website. And then when we get on the phone, we'll talk to you about everything. And I'm just thrilled to share this opportunity and experience with you because I believe in it fully with my whole heart that for people that feel called and are ready to do this work, it is the best place to do it. No question. And having Connor there to hold space and lead this is the most magnificent gift that I've ever experienced and that I can share with you. He is, let me tell you guys, he is something else on this retreat. Damn, I'm lucky. All right. That's all I'm going to do for today because this show is very long already. I will have another solo episode coming up soon talking about more of what's coming up for me. And yeah, if you have any questions after listening to this and you want me to address it in another episode, feel free to email me or slide into my DMs. And I love you guys. I'm grateful for you, for showing up, for me, for yourself. I can't wait to see you at Ceremony Wellness Live on October 5th. And have an amazing day. See ya.